Uh, let's check in and chat with, uh, about this and more uh, with our ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. He joins us courtesy of Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. Adam, um, you know, they made a lot of their own luck here this last month and a half on this five-game win streak, uh, yeah. but, but they just couldn't find any of it uh, in Houston. They lost a turnover battle, came out really yeah. flat, and it cost them. Well, and you have a hard time coming out on the other end of the turnover battle on the road against a good team and win that game. Like, if you just go look at the numbers, you're not going to win that way on the road. When you go on the road, you have to play clean, crisp football, mistake-free football to win, by and large. You might be able to get by if you don't, but the chances are that you won't. And that's kind of what happened, where... They, they just fell too far behind and weren't able to get it done. And so in the end, they come up short, had a chance, didn't get it done. And that's going to be obviously a costly loss as they try to move ahead and try to secure a playoff spot here. Adam, has C.J. Stroud solidified rookie of the year? And could he possibly be for MVP and also... Can D'Amico Ryans win MVP alongside uh, Coach of the Year? Uh, Coach of the Year alongside uh, C.J. Stroud. To me, I'd be shocked if C.J. Stroud hadn't already won that award about a month ago. Mm. Like, to me, there's nobody that's even in the conversation with the guy from the offensive rookie of the year standpoint. He's already you know, he's thrown for more yards almost than any quarterback. Other on, he's breaking records set by Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert, Peyton Manning. Wow. He's got a team that was an afterthought, irrelevant, one of the worst teams in the league for a long period of time, a laughing stock, frankly. Yeah. Um, he's got them competitive to where they're in position where they're going to make the play. He's winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do I think he can win MVP? Unlikely, unlikely. Not out of the question, but he'd have to go on a torrid stretch down the stretch. Uh, the Texans would have to... You know, challenge Jacksonville for the division title. There, there, there would be a, a lot that would have to happen. Not to say can't, but to me, the guy is a cinch, cinch offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I and, agree. And, and D'Amico will be, you know, he's one of about three guys that you would mention as the NFL head coach of the year. And I think right now he, he probably would get my vote mm. as the coach of the year right now. Um, trying to think who else would be in that conversation. Maybe Kevin O'Connell, but they lost that Monday night game to the Bears, which is the last memory of them right now. So uh, it doesn't seem as pertinent. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan for what they're doing. Um, Dan Campbell, maybe at nine and Dan three. Dan Campbell, yeah. You know, John Harbaugh. There, there's a bunch of coaches who've done great jobs. You know, Sean's done a great job in Denver. They they turned it around. If they had won yesterday, we'd be talking about him. The same way we're talking about D'Amico Ryans. But yep. that, it, it's such a reactionary league, and we are so busy reacting to what happened from one minute to the next. And what happened yesterday was that the Texans and D'Amico Ryans beat the Broncos and Sean Payton. So now we got D'Amico Ryans winning coach of the year, unless next weekend D'Amico's team doesn't win and Sean's does. And now we're back to talking Sean for coach of the year. <laughs> Adam, uh, this coming week now on the heels of what happened yesterday 
It's essentially a must-win game for the Denver Broncos if they want to keep their postseason hopes alive. It's an AFC team in the Chargers who won yesterday mm-hmm. 6-0. Uh, this is the last time that this show is going to speak with you ahead of uh, the weekend's game. What what kind of shape are the Chargers in right now? Well, they, they played a game yesterday in um, wet weather against a team that really can't move the football, that plays strong, tough defense. And so because of that, they kind of played to that level. Now, to their credit, they were able to make enough plays to find a way to win the game and beat New England on the road. I know New England's had a bad year, but they've been in games, and the Patriots were in that game, and the Chargers stopped the bleeding for the moment, right? Like, they lost the previous week against Baltimore, tough Sunday night loss, and if they want to have any hopes of trying to make a postseason push, they needed to find a way to win on the road yesterday. Now they'll come home to play Denver. You know, they've had some key injuries like every team, like every team, but they were able to at least go on the road, win an early game. Like, there are enough times where we see West Coast teams going east, don't play particularly well, haven't risen up to the challenge, don't get it done for whatever reason. And to their credit, they did get it done. Adam, the Kansas City Chiefs, right now, they look like beatable, like probably the most beatable they have in, in a very long time. Um What's going on over there? Is it one of those things where, like, Tyreek Hill has not been there? They've been riding on Tyreek for a very long time. Now he's with the Dolphins and having a great, phenomenal year. What's going on with Kansas City? Well, what I would say, Phil, is that I think every good team goes through forms of adversity during the course of a season, no matter how good they are. Yeah. Like, it just happens. And right now the Chiefs are not playing their best football. And – by the way, if they had gotten the proper pass interference call on Marquez Valdez-Scantling last night mm. and they came through and they won the game, then we wouldn't be talking about that yeah. again. You know, and, and I had this conversation with, with, with a, a coach last week, but it's amazing how narratives are shaped by one play or two plays. Mm. And because... The officials didn't make the right call in that game, and the Chiefs couldn't pull it out, which I think if they got that call, I'm going to put my money on Patrick Mahomes from the 10-yard line, you know, four plays to get it in. Um, they win the game, then they were talking about, hey, look, look at look at how resilient the Kansas City Chiefs are. Well, look at that. Going on the road, not playing their best, but yet overcome, and Mahomes does it again. And who, who's going to take them out in the postseason when it matters? Right? But because they didn't get the call... Now it's what's wrong with the Chiefs, where are they at? And I think the bottom line is it's probably a cross between the two. They are struggling some, not as much as we think. They are vulnerable, not as much as we think. Uh, They are not playing to their same level, but not far off it. They still have the best football player on the planet. They still have the best tight end in clutch time. They still have a defense that's outperformed the offense this year by and large. So... And, by the way, they have, a, they have a distinct home field advantage, usually, if they can get playoff games there. So, no, they're not coming at their finest hour, but I'm not overly concerned about the Chiefs just yet. And I still think they'll be there in the end when it matters. Adam, last one before we let you go. Um, I can't remember a, a college football a playoff conversation yeah. 
as divisive yeah. as one that started yesterday morning. It, it, in part, it felt like it kind of hijacked. Where do you come down on the committee um, leaving Florida State out? Well, Zach, it's very funny you say that because I was standing yesterday with uh, our two ace researchers, guys by the name Evan Kaplan, Jacob Nierup, and we're sitting there, and the show came on an hour early, which is part of the reason I think we felt it. Um, ESPN Sunday counting usually starts 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain. And we came on yesterday, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. And it, it, the, the college football talk was just in the air. It was the biggest story of the day. And I said that exact same thing to them that basically you just said to me, I said, you know, ordinarily on Sunday, there's you know a couple of huge storylines hanging over the day and the week in regards to the NFL. Like this coach is on the hot seat, or this team made a quarterback change, or this player's not playing, or waiting to see if this guy can go in pregame warmups or whatever it may be. And it just felt yesterday, as we set out to do ESPN Sunday NFL countdown, that the biggest thing that we we're going to have was the college football selection show at noon Eastern, ten Mountain. That's how it felt to me mm. yesterday. And indeed, I think that was the case yesterday. And that, that's how it kind of came down. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the deal. And to me, um, you know, as a guy who went to Michigan, you know, Michigan, Washington, that was easy. Both were in. And then it was going to be two more slots for, I don't know, three, four, five more deserving teams. And inevitably, somebody was going to be left out and pissed off. And the good thing is, the last year that it'll ever be like that, I know in future years, well, now we're going to argue. <laughs> right. How many kids? 12 or 16 in the future, whatever it is. I don't even know. Yeah, that. 12. 12. Yeah. 12. Okay. So now that, you know, team 13 and 14, oh, two lanes going to be upset that they didn't make it, or Penn State's going to be upset that, whatever. Right. Um, Hopefully, CU will be upset maybe one year that they'll be competing for a spot hey, like that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that'll be the last time that we, we ever feel or go through a situation like that where it's four spots, you know, five, six, seven, eight worthy teams <laughs> and and some high-profile powerhouse programs are getting the shaft. And that's what happened this weekend. And, you know, you feel bad for Florida State. Yeah. Um, I'll say this as, as a Michigan fan, I would much rather that Michigan be playing Florida State than Alabama. So, what does that tell you about the decision? Right, right. All right. Um, we can leave it there for now. Appreciate all your thoughts and comments and your insight here on a Monday. Have a great week, and we'll catch up with you this time next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk next Monday. All right. There he goes. The one and the only, our ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Thanks to Twin Peaks Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views.